How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. The agenda tonight, but uh, we are joined uh, as usual on the overnight crowd here by uh, the Inner Sanctum's very own John O'Bardock to talk all things T20 cricket and just cricket in general. We've got an upcoming ODI series to get through a three-game series between Australia versus England. Uh, a very good evening to you, Jono. How are you? Evening, Polo. Great to be with you, my friend. Um, cricket never stops. England won the title last night at the MCG and were on a plane to Adelaide today to play in the one-day series. So uh, it never stops, but like, we'll take a moment to discuss that. It's uh, quite a dominant win by them by them in the end. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And, and I mean, was the writing really put on the wall early by the, the bowling attack? I mean, Sam Curran was was so, so efficient with the ball. I don't think, I, look, I mean, from a finals perspective, I don't think we've seen a more efficient display with with ball in hand off, off four overs. I don't think we have. He, he was he was fantastic last night. He really was. It's been fantastic all tournament. It all started in Perth for him when he took that 5-0 against Afghanistan and really, really looked like the most likely England bowler all the way throughout. He was a very different style bowler to any of the other England bowlers in their ranks. You know, you got Chris Wokes, his standard right arm over, can swing swing the ball away, whereas Sam Curran is a slingy, is a left left armer, can swing it both ways and might not be as express quick as like a Mark Wood or a Ben Stokes can be, but he can surprise you with a bumper, bumper gets it through relatively um, quickly and has got an absolutely lethal Yorker. And I think probably the most telling stat from last night from his magnificent performance, which was three for not many, 15 dot balls off about four overs, didn't go for a single boundary, which just shows you how on point he has been and thoroughly deserved player in the match and player of the tournament as well, which has been magnificent for him. And he's always sort of been that cricketer, Polo, has been around the England squad, a squad that England really, really liked, but one that they didn't, one that they wouldn't really play, that obviously they'd prioritise a few other guys before him. So the fact that it now he's gotten this extended opportunity in the England squad, once he's come back from injury, of course, he missed the last tournament in the UAE because he was out injured. He's another one of these England cricketers that we spoke about who's gone away, built through the IPL and the time with the Chennai Super Kings and been able to come in and really make an imprint on this tournament and this England team. Yeah, spot on. And I mean... For for all the 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 swashbuckling sixes and boundaries we see in in T Twenty cricket, I mean, it was it looked it was looking a little bit hairy at four for eighty four when Harry Brook was caught out in the deep at mid off, and you thought, okay, maybe Pakistan have got a bit of a chance here. But I think the one the undersold thing that we saw out of the game last night was just just the poise and composure under pressure from Ben Stokes in that particular situation you know he was he wasn't yet going at a run a ball but he ended up scoring that 52 runs off 49 deliveries at a stage where the pressure was starting to man and I think that was really an underrated factor of England's win he's the man that everyone wants in their team Ben Stokes and if you if you remember back um there was quite a lot of questions as to whether or not Stokes was even a right fit for this T20 side. But you look at exactly what you 
just described there, um, just his calm nature. And, of course, he could hardly get the ball away. Nassim Shah beat him about five times in a <laughs> row. And he was just, like, giving the, the right smiles. Like, I can't actually hit this thing. But to be able to be there and to be able to pace innings the way he did, and remarkably, that was his first T20 international 50. But he hadn't played a T20 game for about 18 months before the, before he got to Australia. So rightfully so, there were questions in about him being in this T20 side. But like we saw in the 2019-50 over World Cup, him being there to just know when the right time is to go through the gears and really make sure that England can go home, like, like in Sydney a couple of weeks ago against Sri Lanka, to get them through to the, to the semifinals and everything. He's he's the man for all occasions. He's become he's in the conversation for one of England's greatest ever cricketers, and it's in with every passing game that he plays, um, the arguments and the case for it grows louder and louder. Yep, exactly right. And well, England rightful champions after last night, but uh, well, we can't really rest on our laurels with regards to cricket. Nor can England. Uh, they've got a uh, they've got a t a uh, an ODI series to get stuck into uh, this Thursday. John, let, let's have a look at what's going on. Did you say? I think you were saying just off air. Moen Ali was not particularly pleased with with the uh, the celebrations that were going on. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cricket moves on so fast. It so does, England doesn't won, it? <laughs> England won. England won the trophy. England won the trophy just just over twenty four hours ago at the MCG, and already half the squad's gone to Adelaide to pick up for an ODI series against Australia, and then the other half of the squad will be heading over to Pakistan pretty soon to prepare for a Test series. They've got um, three tests over in Pakistan to. The play so cricket never stops and it's just interesting you, you, you we all talk in the media and, and around saying like oh there's so much cricket on and the schedule's very congested think about the players and here Moeen Ali come out who's playing two forms of the game for England and he's going from one it's just like it's disappointing that they don't actually get the time to really celebrate their exploits as a, as a full team, like they're together for a couple of nights and then they all have to disperse. I suppose that's the way that the cricket calendar is and everything is so congested and everyone's moving on to the next thing, whether it be for a different franchise or for your country, <laughs> that's just the way it is at the moment. But it would be nice to give these players a break. We've seen today at the moment, it's the it's the IPL trade, trade window, you'd have to say, but there are reports of these pl- different players sitting out the next edition of the IPL just because the schedule's so, so absolutely jam-packed for the next year. So we are going to have to try find time in the schedule for everyone to, or for some cricketers to try and have a break and just make sure they're not absolutely um, cooked. But the show goes on and Thursday... Australia's in action again. England's in action again. Action again, and be interesting to see what the England team looks like, like, and what state they're in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what state they're in as well. That might maybe a little bit jaded from from the celebrations. I mean, let, let's look at. I mean, from an Australian perspective, it's nothing less than a win in this three game ODI series. Just given what we saw in the T Twenty World Cup, are you? I mean, like maybe I am a little bit, but. Are you fearful that the T20 form might uh, ripple its way into the ODI series and into the Test series? I mean, it's it's. I'm looking at it not just purely because, oh, you know, T20 
and ODI, they're completely separate things and you can't really take the fo- – my look at it is that more along the lines of that the decision-making going into this T20 squad was was not up to par and it led to Australia not being able to get out of the Super 12 stage of the tournament. My fear is that if they can't get the decisions right for this, I mean, what what trust and what hope do we have that they're going to get the decisions right for something that we deem, in inverted commas, more important? Well, it, it's a series that Australia would want to win. Every every series that Australia plays in, they're obviously hoping to win. And now that the T20 World Cup's out of the way, it's only 11 months till the next World Cup, which is a 50-over one-day World Cup in, in, in India. So the focus immediately shifts to that. And you're coming up against the defending 50-over champions now in England who are put together this amazing battery of just white ball players so of course it's one that you're gonna want to look at of course it's a time for a little bit of change in the Australian white ball setup it's the first series without Aaron Finch so Travis Head gets an extended run now at the top of the order to see how he goes and it's just about trying to find different combinations as well Glenn Maxwell's gone down with a big with a quite a big and gruesome injury by the sounds of things um so Sean Abbott's come back into the squad to replace him so it's going to be mainly about Australia finding out which players they can take to the next 50 over World Cup and I, I I agree with what you're saying that it's important that these selections and the the way that they're picking these squads mm-hmm. can have a ripple effect throughout the summer because if you start getting too comfortable with the playing list that did the job maybe one time but didn't necessarily do the job at the most recent assignment, but we're still going to back them in because they're good players. Cricket doesn't necessarily work like that at the moment. I think we've seen through this England T20 side, it was um, nine different faces, I think it was, who played in that um, T20 win at the, that were different from their um, from the last time that, it, that England played down in Australia when they got absolutely smoked down in Hobart in the Ashes. I think it was only... Um, Stokes was in that side, Chris Wokes was in that side, and of course you had David Milan and Mark Wood sitting on the sidelines. So it's a very different game now, red ball cricket and white ball cricket. So you're hoping that the majority of this white ball side is being picked on the merit of their um, white ball form and not just, well, most of it is on reputations on what they've done earlier this year in white ball cricket. Remember, before the World Cup, we had those series against Zimbabwe and New Zealand in far north Queensland. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes and whether or not changes will be made. But remember, this is this is the only white ball cricket they really have until, mm. well, South Africa, South Africa have pulled out of their white ball series now. So probably until March, they play, play their next one day. But it is the start of the next 50 over world cup cycle. So they're important games and it's important to build momentum too. Yep, exactly. And they've got, they've got to nail it down. Uh, speaking of uh, te- the test series that's coming up, South Africa, Jono has, has announced uh, its team. We're speaking with Jono Bartok from the inner sanctum, uh, fairly, fairly strongish squad from a South African perspective. And let's not forget, I mean, I know it's they're completely different squads and different teams, but South Africa, they've got a they've got a pretty decent record when they come down under. Yeah, they certainly have. They haven't lost years in a Test series since two thousand and eight, which is um, quite remarkable, actually. If you think of how dominant Australia has been 
on home shore. South Africa have had the the wood on Australia a lot, um, particularly in this part of the wood. It's uh, it's probably the best squad that they could get get together at the moment. Obviously, they're missing Keegan Peterson, who's been a revelation for them at number three throughout the last eighteen months. Uh, unfortunately, he's missing out with a hamstring injury. There's regular suspects, obviously. They're captained by. Dean Elgar, who is everyone's favourite tough cricketer, um, <laughs> loves loves coming on. Marco Janssen, the um, seven seven football rounder as well. Um, Kyle Varena, the wicketkeeper, who of course Quinton the Cock doesn't play um, red ball cricket anymore. Um, the 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 headline act is clearly their bowling attack. We saw what they could do over in Perth against India and throughout this World Cup, the likes of Roberto Ngidi, um, Anrich Nokia as well, and Keshav Maharaj, who's real, really na- nailed down that position as their number one spinner. So that's where all the eyes are going to be. Probably a little bit thin on the batting front and saw Aidan Markram hasn't made this squad, so they're putting a lot of faith in the likes of um, Sarel Early. Sarel Early there um, to really bat well, um, and Rusty Vanderdussen as well in the middle order. So it's a squad light on batting, but much like the Australian team as well, there's the big watch is going to be on that bowling attack and just what they can do on these Australian pitches. Oh, it looks like they're going to fight fire with fire when it comes to the bowling attacks. But uh, Jono, uh, pleasure pleasure doing it with you again. Uh, looking forward to, to covering this uh, this ODI uh, little series that's coming up uh, between Australia and England. You'll be covering it for, for the Inner Sanctum, I'm assuming? I will be all over it, mate. Summer's only just <laughs> begun. <laughs> and as indeed, hopefully the weather clears up, mate. Thanks for joining us again. Anytime, mate. Pleasure, that. Pleasure being here. There we go. John O'Bardock talking all things cricket. We'll take a break here on the Overnight Crowd and we'll be back right after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.